Thanks to our good friends at Cry Malt, this is the weekly podcast that proves that beer is a conversation. I'm your host, Matt Kirkegaard. Have you ever noticed that there are some breweries that you always see around? Whether it be constantly popping up in your social media feed, hearing your friends talk about it, or just seeing it all over the taps at your local good beer venue. Then there are the ones that just seem to quietly go on doing their thing. You don't hear much about them, and when you do, you think, I really should go and check them out. This week's conversation is actually a memo to myself to do just that. Check them out. I had been hearing about Sunshine Coast's Ten Toes Brewery since it opened in 2016, and with all of the excitement going on in that region, I had never actually stopped to check them out for myself. Thankfully, Josh Donahoe from Sunshine Coast Craft Beer Tours included Ten Toes on his itinerary when Pete and I visited the area earlier this year, and we recorded this great chat with owner Rupert Hall. Enjoy the conversation. Rupert Hall, Ten Toes Brewery. Thank you very much for having uh, us and welcome to Beer as a Conversation. My pleasure. Good to be here. But I have to say, as a Queenslander, as somebody who sort of has grown up and watched the emergence of craft beer in southeast Queensland and, you know, really passionately supported it, I have to apologise that this is my first visit <laughs> to Ten Toes. You've been open for three and a half years. Three years, yeah. Um, three years. Yep. And you, you've just had three beers in the hottest 100 craft beers. But you opened so quietly and you've flown under the radar almost so deliberately that with everybody else demanding attention, I've not made the, uh, the effort. And I, and I have to apologise for that. So, uh, you know, really excited to, to, to actually be here. But maybe you can sort of start off by telling us a little bit of a background about who you are and how you came to be in the beer industry. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I must say, we do like flying under the radar. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, look, back, background was uh, just a home brewer, all-grain brewer. Uh, stumbled across a few different beers to your mainstream at a bottle one day and thought, this is pretty pretty cool. I've just um, published a chat with Sean Sherlock and he goes back to the late 90s for, for that period when he got into home brewing. Yeah. How old are you and you know, and, and what stage in the beer movement did you get into home brewing? For sure. Um, well, into the early 40s, I'll say that. Um, and what would it be? It'd be 20 years, I guess. So 15 years roughly brewing, uh, home brewing. And then we've been going here for sort of three years. So... Um, yeah, it, it just sort of came out of nowhere, living in Tasmania at the time, working with pharmaceutical companies. And, are, are you a Queenslander by birth? Or New South Wales. New South Wales, okay. okay. New so, South Wales by Tassie to the to, to Queensland via Papua New Guinea. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I decided, you know, I'm going to have a crack at, at brewing. I had no interest in brewing sort of kits, so... I found a few little books on all grain brewing and made a few phone calls around Tassie and I managed to rustle up a little bit of malt. And uh, the very first batch, I think, was like an English mid and uh, four or five kilos went through the little handheld coffee grinder. I think it was four and a half hours to, to, to mill the first batch and uh, brewed it and came through and at the time I was just like, just drank that and it was like so fresh and you could taste the malts and the hops were so fresh and it's like, I'm opening a brewery right there and then. So uh, with a bit of engineering background, I, I sat there sort of crunching a few numbers and very quickly realised I wasn't opening a brewery anytime soon. And, uh, so I was going to say, no man is an island and, and no more is that true than in the brewing industry because you, you, nobody's got the cash to, to realistically you know, set up a, a commercial scale brewery. So were you the only uh, brewer in the crew and, and like, where did the... 
Yeah, well down there it was literally was an island and uh, I was the only, only home brewer that I knew of down there. Um, and so I just sat there doing my own thing and researching it. And I, I love the science behind it all. Uh, and I was is that where the pharmaceutical, like is your background in? Mechanical engineering, okay, uh, yeah. project management. So I've sort of worked through projects, railways. Um, but also through process. So you've got a good process for processes. Process yeah, engineering. And the importance yeah. of process. Yep. So pharmaceuticals where I got a good grounding in that and validation. Uh, then gold mining, um, designing and developing and building gold mines in Papua New Guinea. So that, that whole process control has is, is been the focus for ourselves. So. so fast forward, how do we get to... Yeah, yeah. So well, um, I'm just looking at the whiteboard over here, the, the to-do list, build a brewery, <laughs> make beer, get on the telly. So yeah. build brewery, job done tick. Yep. Yeah. That's actually the whiteboard we, when we first moved into this shed, that whiteboard came in and I just kept it simple, two things, <laughs> build brewery, make beer. And, uh, Have you got on the telly? Quite a few times. Okay. Okay. It's not my aim. It just sort of happens. So what's yeah, the next business you're moving into? You've, got yeah. you've done everything you yeah. set out to do no, that's right. in this caper. So, um, no, no, I was flying in out of Papua New Guinea, um, three and three even time, and uh, I was flying home, brewing beer, and going back to New Guinea. So that so, was... So PNG to Tassie? Yes. Yeah. Yep, okay. All the way. Wow. Uh, then they relocated us to Brisbane, so I could actually see my family, because I was full-time in Brisbane part-time in Papua New Guinea, and I think I got home for three days in nine months. So, um, but yeah, so the passion was always there. Um, and then the gold, sort of at the time, the, the gold prices tanked out and redundancies came around, and, and my redundancy basically was the brewery. So um, I sat there for about another two years, crunching I've got away. I've this money, what will I do yeah. with it? How <laughs> do I get rid of this really well, quickly? That's what, what do, do I, I want to get? Do I want to go back doing more projects, fly and fly out? Or, I, uh, I was thinking more, do I put it in the pokies? Or do I put it into a, a brewery in an out of the way location? That's so, right. you on your own, or yes, you absolutely, just my yeah, wife so and I, the family business. Okay. Um, yep. So it wasn't like the old, you know the mates who homebrewed in the back shed and said, you know, what we should do. No, look, just literally. We, on our own. Back in the day, when I was looking on the business plan and developing it all and the budgets, we looked at about fourteen sites across the coast. Um, from one end to the other, and every site had a different business model associated to it. And we were on the lookout for potentially a business partner, somebody who knew the restaurant game, the bar game. They could do front of house, I could do back of house, put our money together and have a brew pub. Um, so we talked to a few people along the way, and um, you know, not all our ideals lined up. And um, you know, back at one point there, the dollar was riding high against the US, and it was looking like we we're just going to better self-fund this 12-peck brewery, nice shiny kit. And uh, six months later, it all crashed out, and it was like, you know. Back to 73 cents. Yeah. And it was, yeah, literally. And it was like, oh, this isn't going to happen. So it was a bit devastating at the time. Uh, and then we stumbled across some unique equipment around the place and went on the way to building a Frankenbrew system. But with I was going to say, it's a, it's a <clears throat> dairy vats, dairy vats, the kettles, kettles custom built. Um, you know, but it's. Uh, it does the right things in the right places. And I think that's where you go back to your process control and you've got insulated stainless steel vats, that's all you need. So it was, um, we spent the money where we needed it on temperature control, pH control, a bit of lab equipment, all those sort of things, um, you know, oxygen meters and those sort of things. But where we could skimp, we did skimp. And, we and, and Yeah, and there are some things that you can jerry-rig or you can kind of cobble together and, and it'll do the job, it's exactly. just not a streamline. But yeah, it, it's interesting that you, and I'm guessing that that's that project management background, that you, you work out what are your non-negotiables, yep. what are the you know critical fail points, right? You know what, if we skimp on that, then all the money we've saved on this is, you know. That's right, and then get while. the cash flow going in the business and we you go back in and start to 
add in those other pieces that you like. But it's certainly... So in terms of that cash flow, did that yep. start... Did you uh, go the contract route or get your get your beer made, you know, gypsy brew or whatever? No, or no. Was it, so it was straight here. Open, open the doors, start brewing on this bit of kit. And uh, again, we did a very silent opening. We're not one for, for loud noises. So we literally put the roller doors up. And um, I think we did one Facebook post to say, hey, doors are up this afternoon for a couple of hours and the place was full. Well, I think other than that, <laughs> I, I speak for most Melburnians where yep. we probably hadn't heard of you until the, the hottest 100. Yep back in January. Um, I only knew because Matt had sort of mentioned it in passing, but I couldn't sort of picture where it was or, you know. That, that well, was, as I said, I'd, I'd not been here and, uh, yeah. you know, like if I was up the Sunshine Coast, I'd stop in and see Black Bunny Kitchen um, and, you know, didn't have much reason to sort of go past there because you right. don't hear that song and dance, which no. is, but it doesn't sound like you needed to either. Well, we, we pretty pragmatically, like we're a very small brewery. So, you know, we're, we're 500 litre batch size. We had the capacity, if we, if we bust our guts, to pump out a thousand litres a week or a little bit over. Um, one man band doing it all. And what's the point of making a noise? Because if to say the phone calls came in to buy a beer, I didn't I have can't it. actually bring, yeah. I can't As actually increase so that. So I'm a big one for saying, well, why make all the hype when you need to actually look after your home turf first? Yeah. And that's what we did. We focused on looking after Sunny Coast. But in talking about a one man band, as we sit here, Pete and I have had a fairly hectic day getting from, you know, Josh has been keeping us a fairly tight time frame. You're sitting here still dripping with sweat. <laughs> sweat like a fat um, man's arm. Paint the picture. It, it's not an easy job when you're the bloke that's in there doing everything. No, that's right. And there's different models. So some people can open up, they get all the capital in, get the nice equipment, you know what staff you want to throw at it, and then you've got to make sure you're selling that beer on point and getting that cash flow. Um, but we were happy to go the slow route. So it meant, you know, I love the brewing, love the process. Um, scared shitless of selling beer <laughs> but but that came in time and um, I think you just grow so we we're very organic growth and meant we got to know intimately each part of the business as we grew and we grew it at our pace um, so here's a good opportunity I guess to you know to thank some of those guys who, who took the punt and, and, and backed you yeah. where can you find Tento's beer outside of yeah. the brewery here uh, well so pretty much Noosa to Cloundra, um, yep. that's, that's our market, and pretty much just on the coastal fringe. Uh, so there were some great venues back in the day when there weren't a lot of craft venues you know, three years ago on the coast. So um, you know, the Green Zebra Restaurant was one of the first cabs off the rank. They, they met us, put us straight on, and we haven't been off since. Um, you know, you've got Taps, um, great Mulba. guys out yep. they They've thrown us on, and we're, we're pretty much always on down there. Um, uh, you know, so, and it's just been growing since then. So we've really sort of built the relationships with each venue rather than going in with marketing sales hype and pressure sales. Yep. It's, it's been more the getting to know the owners or the bar manager and working with what works for them. And when you say just me, yep. you, like you haven't was, got an assistant brewer, you haven't got a... We do like now. You, we do yeah. now. But for the first 18 months, I was the brewer, uh, the bottler, the kegger, the delivery driver, the sales guy, the purchasing, the accountant, the, the whole lot. Yeah. So we were literally going seven days, one person. So talk to us, like you, the, the, what you're describing to us is the real fairy tale notion of craft. You know, some bloke giving it a go because he, he, he loves it, cobbled together system. And that was the fairy tale um, at, the, you know, at, at the start of the, the, the craft brewing movement. Yeah. As we've seen the, the movement move on, we've seen more and more professional outfits, you know, people sort of getting the purpose-built, they're not buying 30-year-old breweries and customising them, they're getting purpose-built. Um, you've come from a home brewing background, did you do any professional training, did you do any internships or did you literally just go from home brew 
and then scaling up to your own venue. Yeah, pretty much home brews to scaling up, but I suppose with the, the sort of engineering and science background, I, you know, I literally went out and the first thing I did when I decided to open a brewery was I ditched all my accounts to the home brewing networks. Um, <laughs> I just went, it was too hard to sort, sort through the shit to work out what, what was truth. So I literally went out and bought brewing textbooks. Oh, I thought you were going to say you subscribed to Bruce News. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I brought brewing textbooks. So you learn yeah, the facts and the opinion. science behind it without opinions of yep. what's going on. Um, yeah, the, one of the, I still remember back to we're about the point of going, do we do this or not do it? Um, and we came down to a, um, pretty much a bucket list of what we had to do to either make that decision. And one of those things was just to go down to Sydney and work in a brewery and do a little short course on brewing. And I thought, I'll either come back and go, I'm not ready for this, or I'll come back and go, we're ready. Open the doors tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, Willie the Boatman, um, Pat and Nick opened the doors to me down there. Great I think they'd only just opened themselves. Yeah. Um, so I went down there. I did a. So you didn't think to go work for somebody who had a little bit more experience than you? <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, you walk into the tap room, you taste the beers, and you go, they're tasting pretty good to yeah. me. And then you go and see that they're, they're brewing yeah. on, a, on a, a Frank and Brew system as well that I think they bought for $30,000 from Victoria somewhere. Um, yeah, and some really down to earth guys. And you look at how they're brewing and you think, you know what? If, if if that's how they're doing it and they're making great beer, then I think we're in pretty good stead too. Um, we did a brewing course with, I think it was Vince Constanzo. Vince Constanzo? Yep. yep. So I did a little five-day course with him down there for the same reason of coming back and going, I'm either, I either know it or I've learnt enough to do it or, gee, I'm not even close. And Vince is great people because <clears throat> he's got that, that big house background, but also that, I guess he's probably singing a, a similar song to you in terms of um, the technical you know, engineering sort of style. That's right. So, and it is, it's getting that range of experience. So from, you know, being consultant to, to big breweries or new startups through to, he's a, he's a home brewer himself. So. And who drinks 10 toes? Where are you? Where are you? Hey, you guys are. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, just, even, even just, even just well, before yeah, we do. Walking through the, the tap yeah. room, the bar out there, well, I, I, I saw, there was a young lady on her own, on yeah, her own, like waiting two young for ladies on different tables. Tables. There was yep. a bloke there with his kids. A couple of high beers. Yep. And then a few blokes from, I think, Jaguar or Land Rover. So there must be a dealership local, or something like that. Yes, business. yeah. But, no, but all very different. A spread of ages, a spread of. It is, and I, and I don't know if that's. And we're talking early, mid afternoon, you know, mid to late afternoon on a Thursday. So Mind you, it's 30 degrees and. And there's a cyclone on the shore. And there's a cyclone on the shore. Oh, okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, extra salty peanuts on the bar. <laughs> That's it. I'm pretty surprised by the, 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 the breadth of the demographic. Uh, and it's, it's changed over the years. We've seen it change. Um, but we've got, we start off with a more mature crowd. So we usually had sort of more that 35 to, to 55, 60s. Yep. Uh, but we see everyone, and that's that's what I love about it. Is you, you'll see the hiveys, the tradies coming in, and some of them just want to start on a lager, but before long they're drinking everything under the sun, gozers and IPAs and porters. And but then we've got you know businessmen who, who sort of come in, and there's groups who come in on a Wednesday. So now we've got these sort of all levels of the the economy through through the Sunshine Coast all congregating together. And I don't think you'd all see that at most most venues. And you have a flagship seller, the one that you go, I can run out of anything except. You know, uh, is it the longboard lager and the? I, I guess it's so always drinking here. I, I guess we've got four beers in front of us. So what do we? Yeah, we've got the, yeah, so so the longboard lager. The, the lager, uh, just a, a great traditional lager, nice, and nice crisp edge to it. Yep. Um, it's it's a great gateway beer. Just get people in. Uh, then we've gone to the pipeline pale ale, 
just a fairly typical session pale ale. Yep. Nice sort of melon mango. Wasn't say pinch of citrus. You could almost call it an Australian style. It probably pale is. It's, it's probably just got that nice tropical hanging hang between Australian and, and there's some US hops in there as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's not out there to break records. It's and it's not, not, it's not a big bitter bomb. No. So we want it to be session. That's probably what we sell the most of. Um, you, know, you look at the, the tanks and what we've grown with our fermenting farm out there. That um, We started with the five 500 litre tanks. And you know it was pretty amazing when we had to brew the pail every week. And then it was two tanks for, for the pail. And then we finally had enough to buy a 12 hectare conical which we chopped our kettle, extended it, and we said, that, that's the pale ale tank. <laughs> and we still had two of the small tanks going on pale ale. And then we I love the way he says it as if it's a weekend project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then we I'll knock up some shelves for the bathroom and um, <laughs> just chop some curtains and <laughs> chop my... That's it. Then we finally chop, we got chop a conical two more 12-hectare conicals, and it's like, right, we'll be able to have two of those for the pale ale and maybe scale another beer up to the 12-hectare. And no, then we had three, three pale ale tanks and a 600-litre tank. I'm drinking the, the Happy Days IPA. IPA is an absolute cracker. It's tasty. But it's not, a, again, it's not, it, it's subdued. It's but, and I, I reckon there'd be people who go, oh, it's yeah. probably not. It's balanced. Dare we say now we'll get letters about yeah, that. Yeah, and thank balanced. you to our, uh, all of our contributors. Uh, so that's something we've always focused on here was balance. And you know, our beers have sort of grown a little bit as the demographics changed here. But when we first opened the doors, they're very balanced beers. Did that come from your... Your personal beer palate, or from your homebrew experience, no, I, I or just a need, a I desire came, to go. You know what? I think it came from a commercial reality. Yeah. So I knew the beers I'd like to drink, um, but I thought if I brewed those, probably not going to sell a lot. So it was it was finding a nice range of beers that were very balanced that that anyone could walk in. If you like your craft, you're up from Sydney, Melbourne, you can still appreciate it as a balanced beer. Um, and then we've got the the VP, which is vanilla porter, the porter, vanilla yep. porter. Yep. So just again, which I've got to admit, easy. this is one I've been looking for. But all the breweries we've been to so far have not, well, I mean, we are in summer at the end of the day, so maybe they, they bring those in for those three or four days on the Sunshine Coast where it's winter. <laughs> um, but it's, it's really it's pleasant to see Coast. a nice, yeah. you know. We brew that as a... It's just a, a little bit more rich. Yes. Uh, without, it's not a, a full-bodied porter. It's sort of... But I can imagine lighter. having a dozen oysters sitting down with a dozen oysters great, and having that. That's right. Now, tell us, we, we, we do have, um, we are running to a um, tight time frame, but you open quietly, you fly under the radar, you don't do any advertising, and three yeah. beers in the hottest 100 and two, how many beers have you got in total? Oh, eight at any one time, but probably five in the core range. Core range, yeah. and you've had and three five. in the top one hundred, two in hundred, two in the second hundred. Yep. Do you have like? Did you do any um, advertising promotion in-house? Say, you know, promotion about please vote for us on the hundred. Do you have a mailing list of thirty thousand people that you you mind? No, I'll buy one if you got one. <laughs> Everyone who's ever been in a gold mine in Papua New Guinea was getting on their little laptop with their tablet, <laughs> yeah, sending up a smoke signal. I don't think we were overly loud about it. Um, it was. So you got the... We, we had a few little flyers out in the tasting room. Uh, so each tailor a little thing sitting there saying, you know... If you like this beer. If, if you like it, give, yes. us, give us a plug. Put us on the Australian center. center. No, not quite. No. <laughs> so, so but that was pretty much about it. And like, uh, Was this the first year... Organic. So you've been here three years. Was this yes. the first year that you'd registered your beers for the Hottest 100? I think I got in five days before they finished voting last year. Okay. And I think we got a beer in the top 200. Right, okay. <laughs> so from memory but um but this is our first year we actually thought we'd better get this in early uh, and make sure it's on there 
and uh, so, so, so apart from listing and having a couple of flyers out here, do you have a mailing list? Do you have a Facebook page? I've sort of got a mailing list, but it's locked up on a website somewhere. We haven't actually <laughs> downloaded it and started using it. So if you want to subscribe, we'll, we'll get an email out to you. That sounds like next year, we'll, we'll stick it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Well, we might have to do a collaboration. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, so, well, so what, what do you put it down to? Um, because I, I've got a theory, and we've, we've talked about it on the podcast before. Yep. It's distribution by hype squared. And you don't have distribution, and you're certainly not hyping. Mm. So where did the votes come from? Look, I think we've got a very strong following on the sunny coast. So I think possibly that we've got you know, a, a fairly new uh, demographic across the Sunshine Coast. So craft is very new and it's very much on the tip of everybody's tongue. Yeah. Uh, the newspapers love any story they can find to do with the brewery up here at the moment. So I think the fact that it's a very young market um, and we're probably very well known across the coast. And they're pretty social media savvy as well, I guess. Because yeah. you, you look at it, it's not, it can't be a fluke if there's your mates have done a, a similar kind of... Um, effort this year, uh, but, but that's like, and I'll, I'll compare and contrast because your mates are really good at working the social media. They, um, you know, the whole business is brewed around um, that, that. We, your mates, get in, create a community around around them, and they've done that very very successfully. And they had both of their beers in the the top one hundred. Ten Toes um, has been, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, like when we were sort of, uh, sort of doing our research about coming up here, I had to sort of, who's the brewer at Ten Toes again? Who's, who's the owner again? Because it wasn't a name that leapt uh, to, to the front of our uh, minds. And yet you've had three beer, you've had five beers in the top 200. And you know there are very high profile breweries that haven't made it in the top 100 at all. Um, and it, 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 you know, it is interesting because it, to get a, an audience that is engaged in the brewery um, that knows about the Hottest 100 is, is a big thing. Oh, it is, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's the best thing we can do is just put it to the people. Well, it comes back to voting at the end of the day. It's a bit of a hype thing. But um, I, I sit there flicking through Instagram and I hate Instagram. But all <laughs> I saw through that period was vote for us, vote for us, vote for us. And I went... I've just flicked past 50 of them having thought about voting and I asked a few other people out and they said, yeah, they just see them, but they don't vote. So how do you actually engage that person to then vote? And we thought, well, the easiest, easiest voting people we're going to get are the people who are coming in here. Yeah. Yep. Because they're, they're already They're already engaged. here. They're sitting yeah, down. They've got the time to have a beer. They're probably sitting on their phone. Put the website in front of them and while they're having a beer, they're probably going to jump on and vote. And we talk a lot about leveraging off the results, you know, success in the hottest one, particularly for debut breweries or, or breweries who have sort of, you know, really jumped into the into the limelight. It can often be really hard, and we often, we talk about Michael Cameron from you know Pirate Life, who said he got two hundred fifty emails in the the two days after they had three beers in the in the top ten. But they don't care about. I know it doesn't matter now. I know it's a different story now. But the thing is, you guys are in a position where you know what I I can't afford to hype it up because I can't if it works, I. Yeah, I'm just going to disappoint people. If right. I bring 100 new people in wanting more beer <laughs> or another, you know, 10 cafes and restaurants or bars, sorry, I can't help you. Which we can't, that's right. So at the moment, how do you, I guess... Where do you go from here? Yeah, so is it, is it, is it just so a case of... I notice you've, you've used the, um, the great little sort of very high quality, um, you know, waterproof decals um, with the Gab's Hottest 100, Top 100 sticker yeah. that the guys provide and you've got those on the, the tap decals out the front. Is that just a nice way of, I guess, those people who maybe didn't make a song and dance, but, oh, I voted for you, but but just did, can come in and go, oh, that's that's nice that there's the, 
that kind oh, of definitely. circles that's, complete. That's probably some great feedback for everyone to know, to know that it actually meant something yeah. for that vote. Yeah, absolutely. Now you've yeah. got to work out a way to, you know, well, I think, stretch that out to next year. Yeah, well, our production capacity is our, is our limitation. So for us at the moment, there's not a lot of point making a hype. So if we could delay the hottest I, 100 for six months, <laughs> that'd be great. So, but are you at capacity? Could, could you physically make more beer now yourselves? Uh, we've eased off. We've just installed two 25-heck tanks. So we've, we've just made it through Christmas period. Um, so we've got a little bit of capacity, but not, not a lot. Um, but obviously, you know, coming off the back of, of Gabs, you know, the, the number of email inquiries that we've had from Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, it's like, well, we can't fill those those orders or those requests. But uh, we've got a, a 20 heck uh, production brew house on the way, which will be here and commissioned by June. Um, on this site? This site. Okay, so it'll be, yeah. Yep. So we're gutting all this out in the meantime and start again. Uh, and that now, even with that in saying that, we're only going to target southeast Queensland. We're just going to keep keep our little market very close. And by the sounds of it, you've pretty much already pre-sold your increased capacity. Quite, quite. You've then got to grow again. Quite possibly. So I think the key thing at the moment is keep looking after our, our immediate customers on the coast. Um, they're our family. They've supported us. Um, and they're when, the got you here. That's right. And once this kits in, then let's look at creating a little bit of hype to help us when we sort of go off home turf. And I think so just as we're finishing up, you're pleased with the decision? Or do you, do you... Oh, I'm glad where we are now. Absolutely. Uh, would I do it again as hard as I did? <laughs> Possibly not. I guess. Um, I guess the pertinent question is: Is the family happy? Oh, absolutely. Well, we are now, and look, it's been tough. It's been. A hard were, were, were there times you sort of thought the only reason I'm still doing this is because I've invested my payout into this thing, and I need to make it work? Well, it's, it has to work. It, it's small business, and it's a high capital small business, so it, it has to work. Um, you know, I'm used to being a project manager for BHP Billiton and Newcrest Mining, and if you need a few more dollars, please, boss, can I have some more? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the boss hasn't got any more. So, um, look, I think it's probably more being tired and fatigued. That, that's that's when you get your low points, and when you when you're the only dog doing all the work. Um, but does that balance out with every weekend? I'm seeing the family. I knock off oh. at night and I go home and I see my family. Absolutely, absolutely. And rather than three months, uh, three three days in three, three weeks months. away. That's yeah. right. But at least where we've grown it to now, we've got a great little team on board um, and it's you know, more and more starting to run itself and I can sort of focus on, on the business and not be tied up in it. Um, in saying that, when the new brew kit comes in, I'm going to be the first one brewing on it. Nobody touches it before me. There are only many, many conversations, Pete, when I want to stand up and clap at the end of, of the <laughs> chassis. It's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. but congratulations, Rupert. So, uh, you know, so, uh, really pleased we, we got here. Congratulations on... Everything you've achieved in the in the three years at Ten Toes and also the hottest one hundred, and yeah, we really look forward to uh, hopefully sneaking in, you know, for for a few quiet ones when we're not on the, when the clock's not running. Well, always welcome, and give it six to eight months, and we'll be making a little bit more hype, I dare say, as we push <laughs> beer off the coast. So that's no, great, great opportunity, and uh, enjoy the rest of your time up here on the coast. Thanks, Thanks very much. Do. Thanks very much. My pleasure. And that was Rupert Hall. It was great to visit thanks to Josh's Sunshine Coast Craft Beer Tours and that makes the point why beer tours like Josh's are such a great resource. We highly recommend them. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. 
Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at bruisenews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Bruise News bottle opener. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. And we look forward to another conversation next week. Thank you.